Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Whenever you're listening to us from wherever you're listening, this is the Home Team Podcast, and we're coming to you with another jam-packed edition. My name is Matt Moriarty. I'm with the Moriarty Agency at Farmers Insurance, and I am part of a trifecta of fabulous hosts. First and foremost, the ultimate ninja realtor, Chandler Fendler. Hi, everyone. Chandler Fendler here, your residential real estate specialist with Live Sotheby's International Realty. And of course, the coolest man on earth, John (laughs) Reed. Hey, everybody. John Reed with New American Funding, your residential home loan consultant. So again, our goal on this podcast is to help you with anything related to the home, whether it be buying a home, selling a home, uh, insuring a home, painting a home, doing anything along those lines. And, And, you know, the one constant... Uh, that comes up is is that I, I think a lot of people out there when they have a home they have this idea of what they would like to do for uh, with the home right unless you are actually buying a home uh, and we had uh, we had a guest on earlier this year uh, with regards to custom homes you don't have a lot of say in what you can do with the home unless you talk to an architect right. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and, and introduce someone who we're very honored to have on this program just because of the fact of his reputation uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, I've, I've talked with, uh, with other people in the industry and that he is probably, he is without a shadow of a doubt the smartest man I have talked to in this industry. Wow, what an introduction uh, he's no. getting. <laughs> see, I'm blushing, you can't in, see me. I know, right? <laughs> Being in the position I'm in, no one ever says anything nice about me. But, but, oh yeah, uh, this is true. <laughs> We can but we, we don't need to. We don't need to. Um, but uh, but uh, uh, you know, honestly, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. It's David Thomas with Thomas Architecture. David, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Of course. thank you for including me in this podcast. Of course, yeah. and, and thank you for taking the time to do this. It's a, and again, if the listeners out there, this is one podcast. If you have, if you skip over any podcast, this is one you definitely want to listen to. So. Um, but uh, as we always do with all our guests, one of the things we like to do is kind of take our clients back in time a little bit. If you remember the movie Back to the Future, if you could get in the DeLorean, right? Yes. And head back in time. How did you, like, where are you from and, and how did you end up getting in this business? Well, I'm a Colorado native, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually third generation. So that's really unusual. Very unusual. <laughs> Very unusual. Um, I come from a long line of attorneys, believe it or not. And wow. so I took a left turn and went into architecture. I was interested in that as a young kid. I had a neighbor who was an architect, and I always liked going over to his house because there was always cool stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So I gravitated in that direction. When I went into college, my father said, don't go into law just like everybody else does. Go into architecture because that's where you have your strength. Mm -hmm. So I did. And as a result of that, I made a a wise career choice. I have not looked back or regretted it. That's amazing. What an amazing feeling. Yeah, exactly. It is. Not many people know from an early age exactly what they want to do. It's so true. Yeah, Yeah. it is so true. I mean, I think I had four different majors in college. (laughs) 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 So let me ask you this. So I think the biggest uh, misconception in when people are are, uh, discussing architecture is what is the difference between architecture, conventional architecture, and design build? That's a really good question. I think a lot of people are misinformed or ill-informed about what design-build actually is. Design-build is an opportunity for the architect to participate in the entire process. A conventional architect starts the project with the client doing the design work and all the speculate, uh, sorry, specifying for all the products that are going to be included. Now, a design-build architect 
hires the contractor and manages the construction. So you have continuity all the way through the process, which is unusual often in, in the current construction industry. Yeah, and it's super important too because you're there to really oversee the project and what go, you know. So if something goes awry or wrong, do you alert the homeowner or just kind of take it and make it all better? That's a really good question. Um, the The biggest problem in construction, especially residential, is you get contractors involved, and I'm not trying to diss contractors, who have their own ideas. And oftentimes, when the architect backs out of the of the equation, which is conventional design bid build. You have a contractor who has perhaps a quote-unquote better idea that may cost less but may not truly represent what the outcome was supposed to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they may convince the client to go that route in order to save money, whereas in the long run, it's not exactly what the client asked for, and the client is oftentimes dissatisfied with the outcome because the original intent has not been achieved. The, when the architect remains involved, the architect is invested in the outcome because the architect is the advocate for the client. Sure. So therefore, when you have the architect involved start to finish, you make decisions based on the original premise and the original understanding with the, with the owner, and you carry it all the way through. Even if you make compromises along the way, you're still hanging on to the original idea which the, the owner buys into. So as long as the architect and the owner are still on the same page, the outcome is a better outcome. Sure, and that goes into, and that's a great point because that goes into, you know, kind of staying in your lane, right? Because mm -hmm. we talk about all the time working with professionals, right? I'm not someone who's going to be giving real estate advice, right? I am right. not, uh, you know, and, and I hate it when people go out and give insurance advice who aren't licensed in insurance mm -hmm. or, you know, if someone is a financial advisor and is giving money advice, right? Yeah. Like, what are you doing going out there and doing that? Because you have no, you know, you have no backing in that, in that department. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting that you, that you said that. Well, it's got to also, you know, provide a, a higher level of peace of mind to the, to the homeowner because you're you deal with that on, on a regular basis. That homeowner doesn't deal with contractors and, and you know, builders on, on a regular basis. So they, they can be swayed a exactly. little easier yeah. than, than you who, who does it on a, on a you know, regular basis. That's so exactly right. Oftentimes when people are building a home or remodeling a home, there are thousands of choices available to them. If they aren't educated on how those choices are made or what the better choices are, they're going to, they can easily be led astray. Mm -hmm. And, if it isn't to their advantage, they don't know it until it's too late. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Chandler was telling us earlier today that she helped a, a new home buyer go through the design center and pick finishes. Now, Chandler probably has a better handle on that than some, but, but that's really you need to have an advocate yeah. when you're picking finishes who knows the better finishes, the better options, rather than picking something that might look pretty today but might not hold up or not stand the test of time. Sure. Right, and then the function, right? We all are attracted by shiny, flashy things, right? right. Oh, you know, whether it's brass, I don't know, handles on kitchen cabinets now or, you know, a whole brass tub, I don't know, you know, brass. brass. We're all attracted to shiny things, so to keep them on the function of what they really, truly want um, is extremely important, and I'm glad that they ask for, for our opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I was at last night. It was I was at a design consultation, and I only speak when spoken to. <laughs> at the, not normally. Not normally. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, what really? Yeah. <laughs> let me clarify. You, right? Yeah. Let me clarify. I only speak when spoken to in that 
situation because it's all their choices to make. Right. But, you know, I'm certainly there and, and they do use me and ask and want to know and need to know because right. there are so many choices, um, you know, and function is the number one thing for me. Absolutely. So it, it is really important, I think, when someone is spending the kind of money that a homeowner is going to spend to do a remodel, someone's in the middle of their personal world for an extended period of time disrupting their life. They better be making choices that are compatible with what the homeowner is paying for because mm -hmm. if at the end of the process, if you get something you don't like, you're going to be dissatisfied, you're going to distrust the industry, mm -hmm. and you're going to be less likely to go down that road again. Mm -hmm. so this true. is all very true. I've seen that play out time, you know, time and time again. So, yeah, very true. Well, we are thankful to have Design Build <laughs> Architects in this world. So what is the, your favorite part about your job? I love the people contact. Mm -hmm. I, I really thrive on ferreting out what clients really want. It's really interesting to to walk into their home, see where, how they currently live, and then listen to their testimony about what they want to change and how they want to go about it. I really spend a lot more time listening than talking because I think it's really critical to understand fully where they're coming from before I start making decisions or making suggestions. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing in the world I want to do is advocate for a choice that they may or may not be comfortable with because I like it. And this is not my project. Mm -hmm. This is not my house. I, I have to reiterate that at times. It's up to you. You're the homeowner. I am on your team. You are the team leader. It's up to me to, to fulfill your desires and wishes. It's not my job. It's not my project. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you said it really, it's a really important thing that you said there. It's their project and they have to realize that, that, um, as well. Um, you know, is a uh, question that I have is, as a design build architect, is there a job that's too small that that wouldn't um, make sense for a to, to bring in a, a person like you? That's a really good question. I've done things like bathrooms, mm -hmm. just one bathroom, all the way up to additions to and new builds. Mm -hmm. So no, the answer is anything is is compatible with the, the design build philosophy because anytime people are making choices in an arena, they're not comfortable it's always best to have someone there to advocate for them. Mm -hmm. Recently, I did a project for some people who went on a trip. They were gone for six weeks, and we had to do three bathrooms, hardwood floors, and other things. And I spent a lot of time with them ahead of time picking finishes. So they knew when they left and weren't going to come back or see it, they were overseas, that they had confidence in the outcome because they knew that the guy who was driving the boat while they were gone was going to get it all done the way it w they wanted it. And when they came back, they were very satisfied. That is so cool. But that is the objective here, is that whether the, the homeowner's involved or not, I have to understand what they want so that I can deliver it. Yeah. And there's a, I think there's a TV show. Uh, like <laughs> I was love just it about to We're on the same wavelength. I love it. I love it. Um, but, you know, have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had that happen where someone was, you know, going to sell a home and then you, after what, the work that you did, maybe you decided, eh, you know, I, this is exactly what I want. I'm going to stay or the vice versa? Generally speaking, no. Um, most people who pull the trigger on these projects uh, are going to stick around. That's what I, I think they've decided by the time I get involved, it's, they're going to stick around and make it work. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard of cases where the work is done and then they say, well, you know what? It's time to go because I really like this, but I'm not totally satisfied with it. So I think I'm going to look for something different. Mm. Hmm. 
I think, uh, yes, I do know somebody like that. <laughs> I feel a lot of eyes staring at me right now. <laughs> Guilty. You know, I like to be relatable, you know, to, to everyone in this world and universe. And I know a lot of people out there have to learn lessons the hard way. And I just thought that I would be a guinea pig and uh, live that. And I am living that. And uh, we're going to move. Yeah, we're going to move. But anyways... Um, um, so, oh yeah, Love It or List It is a TV show. Mm. So he would be the Hillary. Her name is Hillary, and she comes in and 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 remodels or whatever. Right. And then David is the real estate agent. Right, right. It just ironic, so happens. Isn't it? it is ironic. It just so happens the realtor's name is David. Right. So stay tuned, podcast listeners, because David Thomas and I are are we're brainstorming and going to work on something of a Love It or List It vibe. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Can't wait to watch that. I know. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's still in the beginning phases of talking about it, right? but but I really want to make it. I think I think we can make it work. I really Absolutely. do. I really do yeah. think so. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, stay tuned. Just as long as you have a guest guest uh, on John and I as guests sometimes. Exactly. Sometimes. Perfect. Uh, yeah. yeah, y'all are welcome. This isn't going to be a series. I think. It's <laughs> no, just no, no, be, yeah. <laughs> you know, like no. No, I don't think we have time. To you say that now. Yeah, yeah. I say that oh, now. No. Okay, we're going to Hollywood. We'll retire what we do day-to-day Chandler and just do this right this could be amazing (laughs) um so yeah the million dollar question is should I stay or should I go for the homeowner so we're really thankful that you helped them out with that but you know back to you know remodeling you mentioned it I mean you're displacing you know how does the homeowner feel you know let's take it to the homeowners you know perspective I mean they're they have what dogs and kids and it's crazy it is it it can be really crazy Mm -hmm. and I've seen Projects. I've actually taken over projects for other architects or contractors where they got bad information. There was a grand piano sitting in a living room where they were pulling the ceiling down. Uh, that's just the beginning. They had stuff in boxes that wasn't covered or protected. They had. St- it was unbelievable when I walked oh. in there. I had to stop all forward motion and sit the homeowners down and say, listen, we're going to take the following steps before another little bit of work happens. You're going to get the piano out of here. We're going to put these boxes away, blah, blah, blah. There was all kinds of stuff that didn't happen that needs to happen. And this is part of the process. This is why it's so important to have someone like myself involved because I can walk them through all the steps and stages mm-hmm. so they're prepared psychologically for how invasive this process can be because it is very invasive. Mm-hmm. You find that there is another member of your family in your home every single day <laughs> that wasn't a part of your original family. So right. you have to right. get used to that. And right. then you have subcontractors who are wandering in and out as well. And it's really critical to me to have subcontractors who are user-friendly, they are honest, they show up, they're reasonably priced, and they're polite, mm-hmm. and they're reliable. So mm-hmm. I, those are such critical factors, and I can't tell you how important that is to the success of a project. Oh, yeah. And, and so, I mean, just to give you an example, I, I remodeled my office. Uh, I own a, 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 uh, an office uh, suite, uh, and I remodeled it a couple of years ago, right? And, and just from that perspective, when I brought someone in to, to do all that, and they gave me a time frame of when it was going to be done, and it like was two, three weeks later after you know the, the time they give. I mean, from that perspective, that's why you need someone who's going to be able to tell you up front exactly. Because and you mentioned it, contractors, they're not great business people, right? No. They, they, they're good at their craft, but a lot, most of them are not great business people. That's correct. Um, and so they, they kind of have no idea 
with regards to you know how that goes through and have someone like David uh, would have been a blessing in that situation because sure. you know you think you're going to be done and well I'm not going to kid you that schedules are always uh, oh of course of course etched in stone yeah. very seldom are they but when you have someone who's your advocate yeah. that can explain to you why it's taking longer yep. and to yeah. assure you that it's going to get done yep. Uh, or, or maybe there's another reason that, that nobody could foresee, but for whatever reason, as long as there's somebody who takes responsibility for the delay yeah. and and makes it work, make th- makes things happen so that the delay is taken care of, yeah. that's the most important thing. Communication. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Communication is the most important thing. Right? Critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we all watch these amazing new, you know, television shows and we see these wonderful things people are doing to their homes, but, but we have to have money to pay for it. Right? Absolutely. Believe it or not. So how? What? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I just, we want what we want, but then we get what you we want to pay for. Free? No, hell no. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, hell no. Like, like hail. Hail. Oh, okay, hail. okay. Yeah. Thanks but, for explaining that, Jamie. Yeah, hail hits the roof, you know. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. So what is the best way to assess potential costs for a project? And I understand that's a broad question, but... Well, it's, that's a tough one. And the best way I can do it is to, to wrap my arms around the scope of the work to understand exactly what the homeowner is looking for. If it's a new kitchen and it includes all new appliances or it's a bathroom or it's an addition, whatever it is, I need to understand what it is first. I need to map it out so that it, it's defined. And then I bring my subcontractors through and they all assess the cost based on the information that I've provided. So my information needs to be fairly complete. I don't mean permit drawings, Mm -hmm. but I do mean a design that is mapped out that includes the scope of work and some of the specifications for the products so that the the subcontractors will be able to price it accurately and the homeowner has a sense of confidence that the costs are reflective of the actual cost. You know, and, and you mentioned budget, too. I mean, how often does it happen, and, and what do you do in these situations when someone has all these uh, pie-in-the-sky uh, ideals of what they would like to do to their home, but they only have a certain amount of money to spend? Uh, and I'm sure that happens a lot. <laughs> well, oh that that has a name. It's called Champagne Taste yeah, on a budget. beer budget. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Recently, um, I designed an addition for a home in Highlands Ranch, and I did exactly what I just described. I had subcontractors price all of the work I actually hired a professional cost estimator to to double check the numbers but the reality was that it was beyond what they wanted to pay so we scaled back the addition and that we're still underway we're still moving forward because we took the critical step early in the process to determine cost before we got down the road too far where we couldn't back up sure so we're at a point now where it's affordable and they still want to move forward. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a real savings for the project and for the homeowner. And they can yeah. they can maybe have that, you know, break it up into se- uh, two different projects. Absolutely. You can mm-hmm. you can do it in phases mm-hmm. if that's your and I and I advocate oftentimes for people who have really a big project is to master plan so that you you figure out all of the work and then you break it up into bite-sized pieces that are affordable and say okay, the first year you're going to do this 
And then when you have the funding, you do this one. And then when you get down to it, you'll do this one last. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because when you're making these kinds of changes, you want to look at the big picture so that you don't do something in the first phase that you have to undo and redo in the second phase. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It's oh, really gosh. important to see mm-hmm. it the big picture before you start for chipping sure. off little pieces. Right. And we don't want to pay for anything twice. No. Exactly. And no, John, what's a good way they can get funding? You know, through Cash Out Refinance, there's there's programs out there that are actually renovation-type loan products that are available to to people in this situation where they they're going to finance the the progress of that pay you know the lender pays the the contractors directly um and it's just kind of more streamlined process for them so there are programs out there that allow for renovation type um projects to to be financed and do you get these products um when you start the loan or can you always add on to them say five years later you want to add yeah, so you can. I mean, if, if we do a, a, a renovation type loan, um, project's done, and now they want to do another phase, then it would be another loan process um, of that same type type of product, um, it, as long as the valuation supports it. And, and it's my understanding too that that and correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. that that you, they will when the the house is appraised they will do it as if the work is already done exactly so you can actually yep. pull more money out. It's called the improved uh, improved value of the home. Mm-hmm. So whatever the home's going to be worth with the additions or the, or the renovations completed already. Mm-hmm. This is one of the reasons that I get professional cost estimates because that's a real valuable tool for the lending process. Hugely if important. You have a a bona fide cost estimate that really goes a long way towards legitimizing what you're asking for. So yeah. when you speak of the professional cost estimates, you're speaking of getting all the trades together? Or Actually, it's a, there are two options. One is to get all the trades through there. The other one is to hire a professional cost estimator. Mm-hmm. Now, I find the professional cost estimator is a little bit more accurate mm-hmm. because they're, they're looking at all aspects uh, and they're, they're – Factoring in all things, mm-hmm. now, all what ifs. When I do the yep. when I do the trades, there may be some things that I don't see or that come up, and so we have a contingency amount in there for those things. So I try to cover it with contingency. Mm-hmm. But when you have a professional cost estimator, it's very thorough. Very oh. thorough. I didn't know there was such things as these are real people, professional real cost people. estimators. These are real people, and I'm not telling you his name because he'll get busy, and I won't be able to. Yeah, use yeah there you no, go. I, and I do not blame you for that yeah. at all. Yeah, it's like babysitters. Yeah. I don't tell anyone who we use for babysitting. Yeah, because then when I want to yeah. go use them, then That's they're taken exactly. by my friends. Yeah. Exactly. Then I Qu- just. I have a. I'm sorry to interrupt no? you. Um, kind of another question for you: Is there, you know. I'm, I'm a homeowner, kind of walk you through a scenario, and I'm toying with the idea of, of an addition or renovation. Would I, you know, is there a, kind of a jump off point or, or when you get involved in the transaction, are they, have they already made their mind that they are going to do this project or do you have some sort of like convincing to, to do that? Not uh, necessarily. That, okay. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people will say, I'm thinking about the following mm-hmm. and we'll walk through and talk about it. And my initial consultation is at no charge, mm-hmm. just so you know. Wow. But it's interesting to, that's what I talked about earlier was getting to know the people and what their expectations are so we can understand what they're able to do, what they can afford before we get too far into this process. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really want to spend a lot of the the client's money when they don't have a realistic expectation of what the outcome's going to be. And, you know, that'd be the worst thing in the world for both the client and myself Mm -hmm. because I don't want to get involved in projects that don't go anywhere uh, because because I haven't done my work and and the client has misled me. So I have to be very careful as the client should be, about who they select and how they how they move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all good, real all, 
<laughs> <laughs> I, so, sorry. What language was You that? think I have enough practice talking that I would never have any speech impediment issues, but <laughs> that is not the case. Well, this is all really great information. We appreciate you coming out on our show today. Well, thank yeah. thank yeah, you for having me. Hugely I important. Enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. Of course, of course. And and before we shut this thing down, uh, just one quick question for you: What is like one of your the best jobs that you that you did? Like the one that? And I know there's probably. I mean, given your experience, there's a bunch. But is there anything that was like you know you took from nothing and just turned it into something fantastic? And well, I think the one that, that stands out in my mind, and I'll go back to the, the tango parlor. I call mm-hmm. it the tango parlor. Mm-hmm. I have a client who is uh, uh, just uh, 78 years old and full of energy and, and just has an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing spirit. She wanted a room to make herself feel better. And originally, the room was designed so that she could sit in there in the wintertime and have the sun come through the windows and sit in front of the fireplace and whatever. We got the room done. And she decided it was her tango parlor. <laughs> so she actually teaches, she didn't teach tango. She takes tango lessons in there and she hires it out to her friends. Wow. So it is the Southeast Denver Inglewood tango parlor. <laughs> that is so cool. So it has become a public space of sorts for her community where they have gatherings. They had a wedding reception there last weekend. Mm. They're having another wedding reception there in about three weeks. So it's, a, it's a public space. It really was very successful. That is so yeah, awesome. awesome. That is, really yeah. cool. that is so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again for so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, if someone uh, here locally wants to get in touch with you, or do you have a website or anything like that? Uh, Thomas Architecture on Facebook is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Perfect. And he has some of his work on there. He does a fantastic job of that. Check him out. Uh, and I've actually I've actually seen a few of yours uh, of your jobs. So yeah. Yeah. he does a he does a fantastic job. Thank you. Of course, of course. Thank you for being here. So again, my name is Matt Moriarty. I'm with the Moriarty Agency at Farmers in. Insurance. Uh, thank you all for listening again. Um, and, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please go on to our Facebook page, which is the Home Team Podcast uh, on Facebook and the Home Team Podcast group as well, uh, if you'd like to go there as well. Yes. And Chandler Fendler here, uh, residential realtor. You can follow me on Instagram at Chandler Fendler. Among the 50 billion people. Yeah, all kinds of people. Going up every day. (laughs) And I'm John Reed with New American Funding, your residential home loan consultant. You can find me on Instagram at John Reed Home Loans. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much, everybody. And we are out.